In the following live session recording, Steve Brown, worship consultant and presenter, talks about bivocational music ministry 101, leading a choir. The questions might be, what do I do with my hands? Or, my choir doesn't read music, what now? We are a small choir, can we be effective? These are common questions for smaller churches. This session will help the listener discover tips to make a small choir make a big impact in worship. Let's join Steve now. Up until February this past year, I was uh, one of your stake missionaries in the area of worship and music. Um, served there for 12 years, and I, I, I put it this way, I got retired. And uh, so uh, <clears throat> it's, a, it's kind of full cycle for me now. I started out in uh, my home church in 1974 as the music director in my home church, part-time bivocational. Did it for a couple of years and then went on to school and finally that kind of stuff and moved into full-time ministry. And now I'm back in part-time bivocational music ministry. Full cycle, here we go. Uh, 45 years of doing this now. So uh, it's a joy that I'm still having the opportunity. Uh, somebody asked me, um, Back in March, they asked me, "Would you be, consider being a senior adult minister, and uh, you know, would you serve in this particular church in that capacity?" And I said, "Well, the problem is, I still love leading others in worship. I still feel like God's called me to do that, and until He tells me otherwise, I'm going to find an opportunity to to be there and lead. I'm not ready to watch somebody else do it yet, you know. So, uh, but." It is a joy to have the opportunity to do that. And uh, so we're going to talk, we, we talked earlier with the group that was in here earlier, we talked about worship, and now we're going to talk about choirs. And um, the significance of choirs, leading a choir, uh, how to do that correctly, and uh, some maybe some tips to help you, and I want to hear your ideas too, because you guys are in the same boat I am. I, my, I am currently the permanent part-time at First Baptist Church in Blue Ridge, Georgia, uh, up in the mountains. I drive an hour and 45 minutes from my house. Uh, luckily, I go on Saturday night most of the time, and they put me in a nice bed and breakfast on Saturday night, and I lead two services on Sunday, Sunday morning, Sunday night, and then I go back up on Wednesday and do uh, Wednesday night prayer meeting and do choir rehearsal on Wednesday night. So it's a uh, it's an interesting little part-time job. I have to do all my worship planning at home and all that kind of stuff now, but uh, I'm enjoying kind of semi-retirement. You know, it's kind of I'm kind of retired, but yet I'm still doing this, so I'm, I'm enjoying it. But uh, I want to ask you a question. Um, is your choir a performance choir, a worship leading choir, or is it both? You ever thought about that? Here's why I'm saying that to you. Because if you think about most choirs that perform, they work to perform with excellence. They work on specific songs with, uh, for a specific task. They rehearse regularly and systematically. Um, they, their main thing is the anthem of the day. And in many churches, 
Choir rehearsal is all about those anthems. Get those anthems ready, and we never go over any other congregational music if it's more of a performing choir. We're there to perform that anthem, okay? Um, and if we do it, we walk out and we think we're good. We did that anthem well. That's a performing choir. Now there's a thing that's come along over the last several years where we've called some of our choirs worship leading choirs. And in many of our churches, the worship leader has become so focused on the congregational music that they spend very little time doing anything what we would call choral. They do everything that is performance driven for the congregation and they spend all their rehearsal time in that setting of getting the congregation ready for Sunday morning to sing the songs of Sunday morning. There's never a lot of focus on any kind of special quote, as we all call it, over the years. Um, and I, 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 you know, I go back 45 years. I remember when you just plugged in the songs and hymns and the choir number, and it was very much a, a performance-driven choir, and then I've been a part of churches where, you know, you've got that kind of feel where the congregational music is more important than everything else we do. I want to challenge you to think of it this way. Think of it as both. Think of it, and this is something that many choir directors don't realize. If you're a traditional choir director like I am, you spend all your time on getting those anthems ready. And we're going to talk about that. How you get anthems ready. How you pre prepare those anthems that the choir is going to sing over the next six or eight weeks. Okay? And you spend all of your rehearsal time focusing on that. And you never think about, okay, but they also sing congregational songs. So I have become a firm believer that I not only need to teach these anthems that I'm working on, but I also need to make sure that that choir is ready to lead that congregation and all the other music we're going to sing that morning. So I got to do both. I got to have them ready to perform, but I've also got to have them focused on leading worship that day. Okay? Um, that for me is a big struggle because I am that traditional guy. I am one of those, you know, I grew up in. Working it, working it, working it, getting it right, and you know, and then go out and do it. But I've had to realize if I just do that, I've neglected to give them an opportunity to really express themselves in worship. Um, one church that I served as an interim, the, uh, they, they told me, they said, well, we've never done this before. We've always walked in there on Sunday morning and never knew what the congregation was going to sing. We just kind of sang along with the congregation. We worked to get that anthem ready. I said, but wait a minute. Two-thirds of the music we sing, we only sing one song for the choir. Two-thirds of it is congregational, you know? We need to be ready to perform that as well as we perform this and lead our congregations into worship that way. And so I really have gotten to a point where I struggle with that. To make myself do the both. And I want to challenge you. Think about what you've done. Think about how you lead a rehearsal right now. How you lead that choir. 
Do you get them ready just for Sunday morning anthem? Or do you get them ready for the whole service? Do you get them ready to leave everything they're going to sing? That's what you ought to be doing. We ought to be getting them ready to lead that congregation in worship. Um, we need to do it with excellence. That's one of my frustrations in some of our churches as I traveled across Georgia. It was one of those where y'all come. I walked into one church one Sunday morning and uh, sat down and just kind of watched this church because I was supposed to be there to speak about uh, your program. And uh, it was a little small congregation and nobody's in the choir loft. No, no, nothing was going on musically. And so I, uh, I waited and they started the music, started the worship time, and they got about two songs in. And uh, the guy that was leading said, well now choir, come on. And so they all walked from their pews, you know, up into the loft, and they picked up copied music. <clears throat> oh my God. Okay. Picked up copied sheet music that they had all in these notebooks. And then he said, turn the page this, you know. And they had no planning, no preparation. They just started singing from whatever they were. Sing by letter. Oh, it was a. Uh, that letter fly. Open it up. Yeah. Letter fly. Yeah, letter fly. And it was. It was definitely flown. Oh, it was bad. But anyway, um, that kind of frustration for me is, I, I think God deserves the best we have. The best we've got to offer Him. And we need to do that every week. And we can't do that half-heartedly. We've got to put the time in, the preparation in. We've got to get ready to, to share with uh, our congregation the love that we have and that He's placed within us. So I want to encourage you, uh, make sure that when you're doing your choir planning, your preparation, that it is all um, not just the anthem, but everything. Now, I want to ask you, yes, sir. How do you how do you prepare the choir for leading worship? How do you do that? Okay, uh, my uh, I'm I'm fortunate. I, you know, I don't have the. I've been in a lot of big churches, and I've been in small churches. The one I'm in right now, uh, Blue Ridge, we work on four to five anthems. I have an hour. I have an hour and fifteen minute rehearsal. I work on four to five anthems, and I fly to get this section, and we'll talk about how I do that. And I leave the last fifteen minutes of my rehearsal. I always block it off fifteen minutes. Stop. Now, in our worship Sunday morning, we're going to focus on this. I know what I've chosen is congregational music, and I, I really focus on those songs. And I say, okay, this is this. We're going to speak about the holiness of God this week. Okay, here are the songs we're going to sing. Pianist already has it; she's ready to play it. Um, she has it in front of her. We and I say, I put it up on our screen. We put up, we put up the TV there. And I pop in the words, okay? And I say, okay, sing with me. I said, this is going to be our preparation for worship for Sunday morning. And we sing through the songs we're going to sing in that so last 15 minutes. Huh? Y'all use the handbook. We use the screens. Okay? And that's the way the church is. The church is used to using the screens. So I use the screen in the, in the choir rooms, okay? And we go through every song. If it's a song that I'm not confident they know, I will actually hand them an arrangement so they can see it. 
you know, um, I'm a big fan of LockboyWorship.com, and I'll, and here it is. Here's what it looks like. Do you have them sing the parts, or are they sing unison? I, I'm one of those guys. We start every song with unison singing. Jump to, if it's got more than, if it's a hymn style, hymn style we sing first verse, unison, second verse, and third verse in parts, and we come back to unison for four. And we're having a hymn. Okay? That's Steve's way of doing it. Okay? If it's a contemporary worship song, whatever's on the page. Many of these songs are right here. I use this little book right here extensively. One of the things I gave you is that um, how to use LifeWayWorship.com. If you've not used that resource, it is a fabulous tool. You've got thousands of songs available to you, and you can purchase them for cheap. Um, let me just let me just do this. Let me just because I've got it set up here. I'm gonna. This is LifeWayWorship.com. I'm gonna sign in. You do not have to have anything. You do not have to pay a penny to sign in to use this. The only time you buy, when you buy something, you buy it. And if you look at it, it's got, here are the best sellers right now. Uh, here's the uh, new releases that are out, popular songs, songs by category. If I wanted to go to popular songs and see what everybody's singing right now, I can do it. And it tells me, okay, there's What a Beautiful Name. I like that song. Let's see what's going on with What a Beautiful Name. And it comes up and it shows me right here that I've got a listening demo if I want it. I got a lead sheet, I got chord charts, I got piano accompaniment, I got the full orchestration if I want it. It's in the key of D. Or if I click right there, it give me the option to either an E flat. So whichever key I want to buy it in, I can buy it in either one. If I don't know the song, I can actually go right here. decide what I want. If I want the vocal charts, they're 39 cents a piece. Okay? If I want the piano accompaniment, it's a dollar and fifty-nine cents. Okay? But let me show you something. If you go I'm where I'm pointing with the pointer over here, if you prepay, like what I do, is I go ahead and I dump two hundred dollars into lifewayworship.com. Okay? So I've prepaid. With prepaid, now I'm, I'm only paid a dollar and 
11 cents instead of $1.59. So I'm getting more for my buck if I prepay, okay? And so the good thing is most of our churches have a Lifeway account, you know, where you buy your Sunday school materials and all that kind of stuff. Well, the billing comes just like that. It comes on that Lifeway account to your church. And so it's done that way. You don't have to put in a credit card if you don't want to. If you put your church's account number in here, you can go straight to the Lifeway account. And that way your secretary or treasurer, whoever's getting that bill, they get it automatically. So what does the vocal chart look like? The vocal charts? Can you choose like SATB? There it is. And it'll show you, see that one started in unison? Uh -huh. And then it went, um, Four part. There, see, so you got parts down here. There's four parts, and then you've got the parts to see. You can also purchase media. Um, I don't know if you mentioned that earlier, Steve, but you can purchase the, the, the media that you would use to show it on a, a screen. Yeah, see if it's you need. built in a PowerPoint. Yeah, the visual. Edition. If you're looking for the PowerPoint, it's right there. And all you gotta do is click on it and you can buy it. And you got the PowerPoint to it right there. A video that would play along with what as a choir would it's, be it's not a video, it's just uh -uh. the lyrics. It's so just the lyrics. Rather than right. an assistant or you or But now you can that. you under tracks, you've got a listening demo, you got a split track if you want it, you got a split track with vocals and one without, and then you've got a multi-track if you want to use the multi-track MP3. Uh -huh. You can get any of those. And I gave you a little sheet on how to burn a CD. If you need to burn a CD from LifeWayWorship.com, there's a description in one of those little packets there how to do that. Once you've purchased it, it goes into your library. Let me just show you something. Steve's library. Let's see here. It's at the top of the page. Yeah, I've just got to get to the top here. Okay. Uh, go home. And... Let's see here. Where's I think it's mine? over to the right. Yeah. Your library. I have bought 105 songs. <laughs> okay. And they're there. All I've got to do at any point in the future, anytime I want it, I can just pull it up and it's there. There's an arrangement of Victory in Jesus. There's what I've purchased. It can shows you there. I've done it. Okay. So I have a question. Yes, ma'am. On the digital downloads, mm -hmm. if I order, like, say, 25 digital downloads of the song, yeah. when, I, when I go to make my copies, I can just use one of those to make my copies with, right? Because they don't have the number or anything. Right. Yeah, they'll send you, just send you just one, but you're being honest by saying, I want 25. I'm going to use 25. Because well, I, I don't like to do the copyright. You know? Yeah. And because I'm the same way, I will I'll say, okay, I'm going to purchase 25 of them, you know. And many of these I, on my account, I bought for Steve. And then if I want to use them in a church, then I put them over into their church's account. And I'll say, okay, the church account, I want to use this, 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 and how many I want to use. Or you can uh, keep their account separate. I have an account set for Steve. I oh, my. Which means Steve has paid for all of these, you know, uh, because I just want to have them as a resource. See, as, as much as I've been across this convention in the last 11, 12 years, 
Uh, I've done nine, ten interims, and I want to be able to take my songs with me, you know, and then if they want to use them, then we can buy them for those churches. I did a title sheet, and I put the copyright permission, I did yep. whatever it was on the title sheet, Yep. just in case somebody ever came in. You need to do see. that. Yep. Or put it at the top, bottom of the first page, whatever you want to do, but you need to do that. But you no. need to be honest and pay for the amount. When you pay for, let's say, 25 of the downloads, do you have to manually download? Download one and print. That's what I did. Down one, download one and then print them off. But it'll show when you purchase the 25. You show, yeah, it'll show you that you purchased the 25. And some of some of these songs that I've done as solos, so you'll see I've purchased two, because I want one for me and one for my companies. So I'll well, I'll two. Um, but the great thing is, once you've bought it, it's yours. Yours to use. Okay? And it stays in your library as long as you need it. And so if you're building your library for your church, and you say, okay, hey, we did that Victory in Jesus about three months ago. It's in our church library. All i got to do is click on it, get that download back up. Whatever how many I bought before, I can do that again. So you can use it as many times as you want once you purchase it. Once you purchase it. I've got saved on that. Yes. Let's see how much it is. I'm gonna look at it. Nope, stop. Unless I didn't put it in there, right? You probably have the church account. Um, did you say I got I got saved? Is it I got saved? It yes. is I got saved. I got saved. There it is. I got saved. Okay. Sila charts. And see, it's got everything. I can hear. I can hear it. sheets only a dollar and four cents okay piano accompaniment is prepaid only a dollar eleven cents the split every track, song um Brentwood Benson is 29.99 yeah yeah um so matches the split track. I'm glad I didn't and it does not show that there's a track here but the piano accompaniment. it just says piano accompaniment vocal charts full orchestral score there does not show a recording that you can use with the track. Uh, one of the things that you need to realize happened when they put together this book, and I'm getting sidetracked, but that's okay. Uh, when they put together this in 2008, this hymnal, one of the things that they decided was we were going to make this congregational friendly. Okay, And so every song that they do that is an arrangement that, that they do an arrangement of, they put it in I think there's five or six key. They just narrowed it down to make it congregational friendly. Now, when they bought it from somebody like these guys, when they say directly, this is a chart strictly coming from Selah, okay, then you're getting the original version. 
but most of the time it's down in a congregational friendly key, which I really love since I'm a baritone. I'm not a first tenor. And some of this stuff that's been written today, I would love to be able to sing it. No way I can is if I buy it this way. Right. Okay. Because I can't sing it in those keys that they do. Right. Okay. Uh, it's just crazy, some of the keys that they do. But this is a great tool. If you've not used this, I, I spend my hours, more hours here than I do on that book now. Looking and looking at music and looking at key relationships and all those kind of things to get my worship plan done. So that's lifewayworship.com. Any questions about that? Let me go back to the PowerPoint. Okay, now, um, let's get back on the choir a little bit. One of the things that I have discovered by many of our, within many of our churches, is that, um, well, in one, one sense, they've never helped the church understand the biblical role of the choir. I worked with a pastor in an interim situation about 11 years ago, and he was the new pastor that came onto the scene in a church that was a strong choir-based church. We were running 60 or so in the choir, and we were, uh, it was a great congregation running about 600, and we were really, worship for us was, was dynamic. I, for me, uh, I was new to the convention. It was my first interim. I was working with a talented pianist, David Carnes. Um, it was just a glorious experience because we were singing, I had a five-voice praise team, a 60-voice choir, and a band rhythm section that could just knock any chart out that we needed to mark. And never used a book in front of me. There was never a pulpit on the platform. I just, we walked up and we sang the words from back there and we did everything from memory as a choir and congregation. It was fabulous worship. A new pastor comes in. Why do we need a choir? I said, what? He said, we don't need a choir. That's Old Testament. I said, yeah, it's Old Testament. But it's also New Testament. He said, no, it's not. It's Old Testament. We don't need a choir. We need, the congregation needs to be the choir. I said, the congregation is a part of the choir. But let me tell you, if you decide that you do not want that choir up there, all those people are going to go somewhere else so that they can use their gift and talents to glorify God. That's like saying, why Sunday school? You want everybody to be a member of Sunday school, but you need someone to teach, to lead, to be the group leader. Yeah, thank you. What was the name of that church? Uh, <laughs> I'm talking say. about your church. What was the name? Huh? I'm not going to tell you. Well, I'm not I gonna think tell I know, because I think I've heard about that story. Uh, let's put it this way. The young man is still the pastor there. Oh, okay. It's almost 11 years ago. Have a and that church went from 600 to about 225. Wow. He did away with the choir. And he did just about did away with the choir. Yeah. And all the musicians are gone. Wow. Um, definitely is Old Testament biblical. You can research all the time and you can find out where the choir leaders, you know, the, you know, one of the, one of, uh, one of my favorite, uh, 
passages of scripture is where it says that the, the choir and the singers and the musicians were put out in front of the army as they went into battle. I mean, what a better example. The choir is leading this congregation into the battle of the world. I mean, that's what we do as folks. And so, you know, there is definitely a, an Old Testament reference to it, but I still can't get what I said earlier this, this morning. Uh, Colossians 3, 16. How do you get away from that being not as a choir? We're teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Okay, how do you teach congregation new psalms? You teach it by choir. That's how you teach a congregation new psalms. You use the choir. Okay, I mean, those are the ways that we need to be admonishing one another, encouraging one another with our faith. How many times have you stood as a choir and you've sung an anthem or a song that you can just look in the congregation and people just tear up? That they're emotionally drawn into that song and they have their hearts have been touched by what you've just sung. We need to do that for our congregations. And so to me, there is no justification for saying there's not a choir needed in the church. I mean, I just, yeah. Okay, and anybody that wants to say, well, we use a praise team, that's a little choir. It is. You need to do the same thing with that little choir that you're doing with that big choir. You need to do the same preparation. You need to do the same kinds of things that you do in getting that sound from these folks as you do with those. That's my philosophy. I don't lead the choir, but I feel like our hymns, and we, we're we still using, I think it's the 1995 hymns. Yep. It's just a filler until you get to the choir special to get to the preacher, you know? Yep. So I, I've kind of been lost to what to do about it. The organist chooses the songs, and sometimes choir director, I mean the music director doesn't know the songs. Yeah, yeah, that can be really tough. But. We're struggling without someone in our church. We have an older congregation. Um, I'm in a retirement community. That, that <laughs> predominant, predominates the choir. Right. Um, we're trying to bring in young adults, young people, and getting people. I never will forget two years ago at Easter, my oldest son visited us in church. <laughs> And afterwards, he said, "Well, that guy sure did have to dig deep to find that song because I've been raised in the church all my life, and I had no clue what he was singing." And so, obviously, if those who are predominant in music don't know the song, chances are your congregation is not either. And it's not that we can't learn new things, but we need to catch it with, "We're gonna learn something new today." And our choir's been working on this, and, and we're going to learn it together, and we're going to sing it every Sunday for four weeks till we get it down as a congregation, whatever the case may be. But then sometimes you got to ask yourself, is this where we really need to be? I mean, is that so far back? Is that relevant to the congregation that we have today? I, one of the things that I talked about this morning in, our, in the worship time that we had earlier today was... 
best way to introduce new songs to your congregation from experience, 45 years of experience, okay? It is not to walk in there on Sunday morning and say, we're going to learn a new song. That's not going to cut it. Uh, we see too many of our contemporary worship leaders now, they're coming in and they're just singing brand new songs and everybody's standing there watching. Well, you become a performer on stage and no longer are you leading your congregation in worship, you're performing for your congregation. And I don't want that. Okay. So, as I explained to them, to me the best way, there are, there are multiple things you can do that gets the tune in their heads. You can have it pray, prelude, postlude, offertory. You can let somebody do it as a solo. You can let somebody do part of it as this and part of it as that. You can, what I have done many times is introduce it with the choir, a new song, and then wait a week or two and have it played by somebody else and then, oh, okay, now I've got that tune in my head. And then the first time, usually I do it with a congregation, I'll sing the verse or I'll have one of the folks with me on the platform sing the verse and then have them join me on the chorus because the chorus of most of those are, they're catchy and they catch that quicker, okay? They'll get the rhythm of it easier, those kind of things. Once you've done that a couple of times, then you're ready, you can do it anytime you want to, okay? But I am not a believer in that we just stay with here, okay? Because this is changing. This is always revolving. Change is the bad word, though. I know. Um, change, change can be tough on some people, but at the same time, my philosophy is I am there to touch every person in that room. I'm not there just for my choir, which is my age and older. Okay? And as I told them this morning, one of the things I have done with my choir is I have 12, 13, 14, 15, 17 year olds now singing in my choir. Because I want those kids learning how to lead worship. And I want those kids to be a model for other kids. And I want those kids to be a model for mama, grandma, and granddad. And I want that congregation to be a multi-generational congregation. One of the things I've done regularly at Blue Ridge is I'll bring a kid up to read scripture as we start the service. Or I'll bring a kid up to start the opening song and let them sing the verse and then we'll jump into this congregation. I use those kids because I want them to feel needed and wanted. Okay? And they're, the energy walking in the choir room when they're in there is so different than when most of us <clears throat> older folks walk in there. Okay, I mean, they run in and they're walking around in their house cutting up with each other and, you know, they bring life into a room, you know? And that to me is, is what we've got to have. We've got to have that kind of energy. Um, I want the choir to understand its role in four areas. They got to understand, they got to prepare. Now, I'm not a stickler for, okay, if you're not here on Wednesday night, you can't sing on Sunday morning. Because my very first church remedied that for me. My very first church was up in Kingsport, Tennessee. Biggest facility in Kingsport, Tennessee was Eastman Kodak. Employed 15,000. Okay, all right, at Eastman. All right. Many of those folks were on shipboard. Okay, especially my guys. 
So if I want to have guys on Sunday morning, I couldn't say you if you can't sing Sunday. You know, if you're not here Wednesday night, you can't sing Sunday morning because they're on the shift at they three and eleven, or they can't do it. You know, so I just got to a point. I said, okay, it's your responsibility. You got to prepare as much as I prepare. You got to work and learn this stuff just as much as I work and learn this stuff. Okay, uh, I'm going to help you. I'm going to encourage you. If you're at rehearsal, we're going to learn it together. But if you can't be here, learn it. You can learn it at home. And I'm going to give you tools. I'm going to give you ways to do that. I, I'm a bad person, I guess, but I give them CDs sometimes if there's certain things we're working on. And if I feel like this is going to be the music for the fall, I'll say it. Go to, go to LifeFolioWorship.com and I'll tell them. Here's a list of songs I want you listening to. These are songs we're going to be doing this fall. Listen right here, okay? If it's an if it's a list of anthems that we're going to be doing, then I'll create some way to get them so that they can listen. It, right now, there's tons of ways you can go to this internet and listen to music, okay, to help you learn. Um, I want them to really get involved in working hard to learn the music. The second thing is. Uh, well, and then another part of that is um, I never ignore the spiritual aspect. I want them to understand in their preparation what we're singing. You know, think about I got saved. And think about those words. I mean, if you go back through that song, how many of us could you exactly say the testimony of what that song says? You know, I'm undone, you know, I was broken. That's kind of some of the key phrases that are in there. And then it says, and then I got saved, you know? Okay, most of us can share that testimony. Most of us understand what that's about. I want them to understand they're communicating that to other people. This congregation gets to hear about your testimony as you sing it. Okay, that's the kind of thing that we want to have. Never ignore the spiritual as you do the prep. Okay? Um, I also want them to know that presentation is important. Uh, how we look up there, how we, what our demeanor is in that loft, uh, it is a huge reflection. And I kid my folks all the time. I said, okay, if you're hiding behind the books, nobody can see you. You know, like this. And your voice is out there, or if you put your head down and you do it this way, nobody can hear you. Okay? I kid them all the time. And I'm a bad one. I'll get in front of them and we'll be working on a song and we'll be right in the middle of it. If it's supposed to be Joyce, I'm going, you know, I'm doing anything to get them to celebrate, you know? Yeah! You know, and I get, I'm one of, I, you know, I got a little 26 voice choir right now, but man, I'm I'm just as excited about that 26 voice choir, and I'm just as big with my emotions and all that stuff as I am with a. I left a church with 95 voice choir. Okay, I want that excitement coming out of those folks. All right, and uh, I'm challenging my challenging my little choir rock choir right now. I said, you know, uh, we're getting real close to doing that one from memory. 
They look at me going, what? What? No, no. I said, we've done it twice now. Third time's the charm, right? We can do it the third time from memory. Yeah. You know, they're saying, well, you're going to have to put the words on the back screen. <laughs> well, maybe. Okay. But uh, uh, anyway, it is to me, it's something that we really need to do uh, when it comes to the presentation. Um, I, don't, I don't use choir ropes anymore. I just don't. I think that pushes us more to a performance choir setting. Um, and I've seen too many horror stories in choirs and ropes. You know, they'll walk in and somebody will grab the one in front of them. <laughs> or they'll walk in and they haven't fixed the stole and that stole's gone, you know, and then they turn around to the congregation and that stole's off. And, uh, you go, mm. But you're trying to tell them, yeah, yeah, pull it, you know, that kind of, uh, to get it straight. Um, it, it just, I don't, I don't do it. Now, I do say to my congregation, to my choir, we're not here for you. So don't draw attention to you. Um, that's one of the ways I address the issue with younger ladies about some of their necklines and legs, okay? I don't come right out and say, you know, no Phoenix or no that kind of stuff. I just say to my congregation, uh, to the choir, remember, we're not here for us. We're here for Him, okay? We need to be a reflection of Him as we stand. So don't wear anything that draws attention to you. I'll give you a funny. I was serving a church in West Tennessee years ago. And back in the day when we still wore robes. And um, 8.30, right? What time am I supposed to quit? Uh, let me, hold on, let me see here. Yeah, 8.30. Okay, I'm good. I just didn't want to get too far. Okay. Uh, we were... <laughs> My neighbor across the street sang in another church choir, so I flipped it on on Sunday afternoon just to see if this was Mother's Day. See what they did just on Sunday afternoon. And, uh, you know, we had worn our robes that morning. We did well. I was real proud of my group, my church. And as I watched their choir start to process into the choir loft, her Mother's Day corsage was on the outside of her robe, right here. And she was the only one in the choir loft with that big old corsage. Now, stands out like a wart. Like a huge wart, okay? Who was everybody looking at? And what was everybody looking at? They were not paying any attention to what the choir was singing. Anything that was happening, everybody's going to look, look like she's got on, you know. Oh my gosh. So, you know, how we present ourselves, presentation of all that kind of stuff is great. We've got to do it. We've got to do it right. Um, one of the other things that I want to do with my choir is to build a family. I want to build fellowship. I want them to feel like this is their family of faith. And smaller, smaller churches, it's not as hard. But in a large church, um, I just did a year's interim at First Baptist Church in Douglasville. 
First Baptist Church of Douglasville's adult choir had 95 singers and had a 24-piece instrumental group, okay? We had to work at developing a family because they only saw each other on Wednesday night and Sunday morning if we didn't work at it. But we worked at creating section leaders, creating something where everybody got touched. I knew when birthdays were and I threw them a candy bar. You know, if that was their birthday, I just did, that's something crazy I do. If it's your birthday, uh, we're glad uh, tonight, and I keep track so I know who it is. And I say, okay, tonight, Mike, it's your birthday. You know, glad, let's sing happy birthday to Mike, and I throw him a baby with candy bar. You know, uh, I do crazy things like that to recognize folks on their birthdays, their anniversaries. I want to know when those dates are. I want us to be family, and we keep track of one another. If somebody's out, I expect the person sitting next to you to call you. That's where I am, and I'm going to call. I'm going to find out why you weren't there. Uh, I just something I do. Um, so I want to encourage you to do that, create that fellowship, and then re remind them why we're there. We've talked about that, the mission. Um, one of the things that I had the joy of doing was serving 10 years at First Baptist Duluth. In those 10 years at First Baptist Duluth, one of the things that we decided as music ministry is that we couldn't keep it to ourselves. God had given us music and the skill to present music and an ability to do music. Why were we hoarding it within our own walls? And so we decided we needed to do something about it. And Duluth has a nice venue downtown, uh, at least once a year. We did some kind of program that was downtown. I had the privilege of taking that adult choir, taking 47 of that adult choir on a mission trip across France. Singing concerts as we went. That Douglasville choir? No, no, the Duluth choir. Oh, Duluth. Okay. Yeah. I was there for 10 years at Duluth and we got to do that. Um, I had the privilege of taking another, we got on a three-year cycle. Our second mission trip was uh, to Victoria, Vancouver, Seattle, Vancouver, up in that area. You talk about a need for the gospel. Oh my gosh. The largest congregation of Southern Baptists up there is a multi-ethnic Korean and American congregation. And you sang in that church? We sang in that church. It was amazing. They opened the night. They uh, they recognized us for being there, and the, and the music minister says, "Let's pray." And he began praying in Korean. Right. And everybody in the room started praying with him. I mean, it was out loud. Everybody praying in Korean, and we're all going, "Oh my goodness!" And then he came to a point where he shifted into English, and he finished his prayer in English. I mean, it was beautiful celebration of those two cultures together. Um, and so, you know, God's given me the opportunity to do some things with choirs like that. And I, I, I really think the thing that we need to do with our churches is realize it's not for us, it's for Him. We've got to use the tools and talents He's given us to go out there. One of the things that frustrates me in our convention, I am a, I'm the small church, I have been the small church guy for 12 years in our state. I fuss at the guys in the larger churches constantly because two blocks away, there's a little church that needs a pianist. 
you got 15 sitting in your congregation. Put one of them on mission down the street. Good idea. Or new music. Or create a little band. You know, you could create a little band and say, okay, well, for the next two months while you're having some difficulties at your church, we're going to send this little band. They're going to come and lead your worship every week for you for the next two months. You can do things like that if you would develop those people within your congregation. Yeah, There's a small church uh, about 10 miles from us. They, they don't really have a music program. We, we do our Christmas cantata at their location, too. Yeah, yeah. And, and they just love us yeah. for doing that. Well, my very first, like I said, my very first church was up in Kingsport, Lingard Methodist Church. It's just right across the line from Virginia. And for two years in a row, for Christmas, we did our presentation in our church, and then we took it across to the little Baptist church over in Virginia. They, they needed it. They needed it. Yes. What percent would you say your choir are readers, music readers? Uh, my current choir? Yeah. I've got... You got 26 or so? I got 26. About half of them? Um, maybe. I've got, I know that I've got one, two, maybe three sopranos. I've got two altos. I've got one, two, three tenors. I've got one base. Yeah, our readers. That are readers. So that's about half or what? Somewhere around 10. Yeah. yeah. I've got zero. Yeah. They never go up. So the others are just kind of learning by road, right? Yeah, road, learn by road. I teach by road. They follow. I see. Yeah. I think it's important to the seating in the choir because if you've got a couple of people that can read music, you put some of those who don't read next to them on each side, then they've got someone to feel confident in following mm -hmm. if they've got a decent ear to hear. Um, could I ask a question? Yes, it's kind of kind of under fellowship, but it's kind of not. Okay. <laughs> I've always taught our choir about us being a choir family. Right. And um, but I have one lady that comes in. And it's like she's been away from the family for a year. And she occupies all the blank space. And I'm, I'm kind of like you said you were. I'm prepared when I walk in. I know what I'm fixing to do right at the time we start. And I'm going to try my you know, best to stop long enough for us to have a time of uh, kind of not a devotional, but prayer and anything they want to say and then dismiss. But I will start trying to start going through the music and she's constantly talking and I will say I even try I've tried everything I separated the the seats you know I put like the sopranos over here and the altos over here and me in somewhere else and and I've done uh, sheets that we got that we they can look at and they say oh we're gonna do this first and this second and this third and the page numbers and the book and she will I will start the CD or whatever it is that we're working with, I will start it. And she'll say, "Now, what page did you say?" I mean, it will be going, and she and then she talks the whole time I'm doing it. And I'm like, I don't know what else. I just keep like going. And every, I do too, but everybody else is going. sitting there like, oh, oh. Yes, yeah, she does. <laughs> I let the car handle it. And they We've talk, all had one of those. They, they come to me and they say, "Oh, she's waking up with my hair." 
many times it's not just one. Uh, yeah. So uh, what do you do with that okay. situation? I will tell you my experiences. Okay. I've tried several different things. Okay. Um, I had a good friend, a good pastor one time that told me, he said, keep your enemies, uh, your friends close, but keep your enemies even closer. And so I got to a point where, with somebody like that, I gave them a job. I said, look, when we get to, you know, what I want you to do when we get ready for, I want you to be there five minutes early. And I want you to make, if you would, I want you to make sure that everybody gets this handout that I'm giving. I want you to make sure that we're all ready to go right when I'm ready to start. Take roll. <laughs> and I said, and I said, you just, you make sure, because I want you to be ready too. You know, I didn't come around and say, you're not ready, you're never prepared. But I said, I want you to be ready too. So I want everybody. I said, you make sure everybody gets one and you sit down and be ready to go when I'm ready to go. And I then I, one other, one other church. Did that work? It worked for a little bit. And then for a while, she I'm telling you what she would mind would do. She quit. She would me. do that, and then she's still talking. I know. I know. <laughs> I'm I know. serious. She can talk. I, I've actually had one. That's what I was getting ready to say. I had one where I had to go have to sit down, prank talk. I said, "Look," I said, "Remember why we're here. Remember that we come together to worship the Lord through this time of our rehearsal, and it's just as important in rehearsal that we experience God's presence as we are on Sunday morning." I said. Would you do me a favor? Would you not disrupt my choir? And I was just real blunt with her. I said, I said, I'm not trying to scold you, but I said, for some reason, every time I get started, you got to interrupt. And I said, I'm not telling you to leave choir, because I said it that way. But I said, I can't have that kind of disruption going on. I've got to get through what we're doing. And it worked. She left for two weeks. Then she came back. And she sat there and was quiet. Yes, Now I have stopped the music if several of them are yakety yak. And said, okay, y'all, if you want to get out here by nine, we got to well, well, I've done like school teachers. I've heard them say, you know, I heard one time where if you got a child that won't stop, you know, just, just to stop talking and just stop talking and wait for them to finish and maybe, and look, you know, look at them and let them know they're got the floor. It don't work with her. I've done that before. Yeah. I, I, I just, Stopping with most of my folks won't work either. Because just that makes them oh, everybody okay. okay. He's quit, so let's yeah. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. I told him I said I keep rolling. We're gonna get through this song tonight. Yeah. Now I put a I put a, a sheet up that they that they can see that says this is rehearsal order. Here's where we're going I through tonight. On the whiteboard. Uh, yeah, whiteboard. I do too. It's on my whiteboard, so I can change it if I need to, and I can go up and say, okay, we're gonna miss this one. We're going on to the next. You know. Uh, Here's, I put their books in the chair. I go in after something. Well, ours is in the cupboard. The books in the chair. All they got to do got is got walk it. in and sit down. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yep. All right. Let me talk through this just a little bit because many of you probably already do this, but I wanted to make a reminder of it. Um, failing to plan is planning to fail. Um, I have too many friends, too many music ministers 
that walk in and put in a CD and sit down on their stool and expect the choir to sing it. Um, and I just, it hurts me. That just that, uh, frustrates me because they're not teaching their choir. Um, I think you've got to do a plan. You've got to rehearse a plan that you need to go through. I actually write out, okay, here's the six songs I'm going to try to go through tonight, okay? In these six songs, I write out, hey, I'm going to work these measures right here. This is what I'm working on. I'm working on rhythm. B, I'm going to work on these ten measures. That's the chorus. should be easier for them to pick it up. C, men's part measures do, 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 do. Okay? And what I do with that is I have it for me and I hand it to my pianist. And that way my pianist is seeing exactly where I'm going and I'm not waiting on her. Okay? She's with me. She sees where I'm going next. She knows exactly what page I'm going to, what measure I'm going to, what song I'm on, and we, we roll. I, I don't lag any time in choirs. My choir said, wait a minute, slow down. I said, nope, we got too much work to get done. Let's go. You know, I just do it, okay? Um, you got to make sure that you select and calendar music correctly. You got to do that, make sure it's theologically sound. Um, make sure it challenges your choir and make sure some of it is easy. Uh, we're doing a song Sunday morning that is, uh, I don't know if any of you have seen the big red choir book that Word put out yeah. just last year. There's some really good songs in there and some really easy stuff in there. Okay. Yes, the Lion and the Lamb. Yeah, the Lion and the Lamb's in there. Um, um, What's the name of it? The Big Red Choir Book. It's by Word Music. And it's got about 15 or 20 songs in it. It's really good. Um, and it's it's really accessible. Um, but anyway, when I think about selecting calendar music, I'm always looking ahead. I'm thinking three months out. I'm thinking, okay, here's Lord's Supper coming up, here's Revival coming up. I've got to get ready for musically that way, okay? Um, working with my accompanist, I make sure she has music at least two weeks before we're going to hit it the first time. As you see. Are you into Christmas music yet? I'm into Christmas music. Mine are, we're having a big kickoff Friday night on the second weekend of September. But when she already has it, so she can be ready for it and can be ready to play. What are y'all doing this year? Song of Joy. It's a uh, word, um, a little more contemporary, uh, because I'm trying to push them that way a little bit. We're doing Christmas in His Presence. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Um, the the flow of creating a flow to the rehearsal, uh, just making sure that everything goes. Make sure you have that newsletter or something that you do. Um, keep your tempos. I have I have I mentioned this earlier, and I have the same problem in choir rehearsal. Sometimes I find myself everything's one tempo and I think whoa goodness gracious look what you've done everything in this rehearsal tonight's gonna be that's gonna just drive everybody to sleep you got to put something in there that's gonna liven things up you know uh, because too many of our modern worship songs are coming out a lot slower you know they got that little bit of a Funky group kind of do, okay? Um, and then it says rehearsing each anthem takes preparation. Um, one of the things I have seen about too many of our music ministers, they don't know how to tear a piece apart and teach it to the choir. 
I am, from a school teacher perspective, I'm one of those guys that's forming analysis. I love that kind of really dig into the song and say, okay, here's what this is, this is what that is. I got a verse, I got a chorus, I got a bridge. I got look at this is a this is a repeat of that chorus, but it's in a different key. Or this is a repeat of that chorus with down full part. You know, this is all unison. I dig through that song and I figure out all the little things. I find the hard spots. Okay. Normally, what I do when I teach with the settings like this is I really go into that little section that's going to grab them. That's what I teach them first. The hook. The little hook. Whatever that little chorus is, whatever that little phrase is, it's going to be the hook that really is, you know, I got saved. You know, I'm going to teach them that first. I may only spend three minutes on that anthem, that first rehearsal, because all I want to do is teach them the hook. Okay? Then the next rehearsal, I'm going to go in and say, okay, here's the toughest spot in the whole piece. And we learned this. Let's put this in front of it. Let's see if we can get this little tough spot. And we learn the notes. I bang notes with them every section. I'm, my basses are terrible, and I walk over in front of my basses, and I'm singing the bass line, you know, uh, trying to help the basses get on pitch, you know, whatever I need to do. My sopranos I can, and altos, I can let them go. My tenors and basses, oh, oh. <laughs> That's right. Oh, gosh. But anyway, we, I mean, we work those little sections, and I'll spend maybe eight to ten minutes on it that second rehearsal, okay? Third rehearsal, I come back and say, okay, now here's the verse that goes in front of that. Or here's the chorus that we didn't learn because we learned the verse that was the hardest part. Whichever is the other spot, I go to it. And by the time I've put it, you know, little pieces, I can say, okay, now let's add this to this. Let's add this to this. And by five, six weeks out, they've got it all. They're ready to sing it. Then how many weeks do you polish it? I, one. Just one? Yeah. Sunday comes every week at my place. And we got to have something ready every week. You know? And so if I get one good rehearsal to polish it up, I'm really tickled. Because I, like I said, I tear it apart. I'm thinking phrasing, nuance, everything in my little rehearsal sections. You know? Uh, like the other night, we were talking, working on a, a section of a song, and what I've tried to help them remember is if it goes angels, no, we want to go angels, mercy, not mercy, you know. And so even as you were just learning this new little section, we start working that articulation, we start working everything that needs to happen. Phrasing, we start learning it. Cutoffs, I give real clean cutoffs. Everything as we're trying to learn it, okay. I can teach. There are some songs, if there are arrangements of some songs that we really know that are pretty simple, I can teach a song in two to three weeks. I just, I've learned to do it. I learned what to pick and what to do fast enough and how to do it quick enough. But others, it's going to take me six to eight weeks, depending on how difficult it is. And I always keep both of those in my rehearsal. I keep the easy stuff in there and I keep the hard stuff in there. I keep a repeat of something in there so that we're not always working something brand new. There's always at least one. Ah, we know this one. We can do this one again. Yes? I see we're down to five minutes. I have two I questions. Yes, sir. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's all right. How do you, do you communicate with your choir like weekly, you know, uh, you know email, stuff like that? 
how do you communicate with them? I am just starting that with the folks at Blue Ridge. Uh, we have not had anything like that. Uh, I just sent a Wednesday night, got all their email addresses, got all their phone numbers and all that kind of stuff, and informed that I'm going to start doing a, a monthly newsletter with them. Uh -huh. And we're going to start that in the future. They have not had that in the past to get with the choir. Every place else I've been, I've been sent. Yeah. We do a Facebook page. Okay. Yeah. And one more question. And I have a question. Fellowship, when you talk about fellowship, do you have like choir socials and stuff like yes. that? Yes. What, how do you do that? Um, coming up the second Sunday night in September for a kickoff for our Christmas. I've got two ladies that are going to come in and they're going to decorate the choir room for Christmas. Okay. And they don't know it yet, but we're going to do karaoke. <laughs> we're going to have fun. We're going to have food, we're going to have fun, have karaoke of Christmas songs. Everybody's going to be singing a crazy Christmas song, and then we're going to listen to our musical. We do that too. Okay. After we've listened to it, then we're coming back on Saturday morning for three hours, and we're going to dig in for three hours. Do you do anything with, uh, do you do anything with eating? Uh, like, uh, you know, practice and then eat or, or something like that? Um, Douglasville did, every time they kicked off the fall season, they had abbreviated rehearsal and then uh, food. Choir social Yeah, some choir social efforts. Uh, I, the night that they actually said, okay, Steve's officially our permanent part-time minister for music, we had some stuff after choir. Uh, and so that was one of those kind of things. Uh, food is always one of those things that will attract everybody. You can get everybody. So yeah, I'll use food. Yep. One question, when you get ready to say to kick off your Christmas Victana, and you, you mentioned listen to it on Friday night and then get into it on Saturday morning, but do you walk your choir through the entire thing, going over the dynamics, making the, I call it making the notes before you start your rehearsal practices, or do you do that as, as you go song by song? As I go song by song. As I piece the little places together, little parts together I go through it and say okay this is what I want you to do and like I'm already starting my plan for that rehearsal and I'll hit maybe five songs in the first hour hour and 15 minutes and in that time frame I'm just going to hit bits and pieces of maybe those five songs and then in the next hour I may hit three more songs but come back and hit some of this other sections over here and I'll work it together. And then by the time we're finishing that end of the rehearsal and that three hour time frame, there may be two songs out of this collection that we're going to do that I may go all the way through. The rest of them I probably won't. Okay. Uh, our next rehearsal after this first one will be a split. Ladies over here, men over here. And we, I, I'm fortunate, I have a, an organist that is a good person that can direct and that kind of stuff and, and play and direct and that kind of stuff with the ladies and I can take with pianists and go with the guys and we'll go in two different rooms and we'll spend 30 minutes or so buying yeah, notes. Okay. And we'll do I do what I call bonus rehearsals. Okay. <laughs> I go four I have given four bonus rehearsals to go through for the fall. I said I expect you to be at three of the four. That's what I tell them. Okay. Uh, I had a ton more that I wanted to talk about, but one of the things that bothers me to death is using CDs in rehearsal. There is a right way and there's a wrong way. Don't you dare put a CD in there and just play it and say sing along. 
because what you're doing is you're locking the melody into everybody. And if you expect tenors and basses that are non-readers to start now learning a part that you've just taught them a different part to, uh -uh, you've just killed yourself, okay? So I'm one of those guys that says, okay, look, I've got to learn every part. I know how to sing every line, tenor line, bass line. Okay, this time through, we're going to sing just the bass. I'm going to sing over here with the bass. And I'm going to sing the bass part with you. We're going to listen to it, but then I back down the other parts and the CDs if I can, if I've got a way to do that with my CD recorder. If I don't, I just, I put, <clears throat> I become the instrument they hear bigger than, you know, than the melody. But I try to do my best to make sure that with working with CDs that I'm not just over and over by rote, you know, doing that kind of thing. Um, I have a question. Yes, ma'am. What about warm up? How do, you, how do you warm up your choir on Wednesday Here's how I warm up. <laughs> I say, remember folks, we've only got an hour and 15 minutes. I expect you to be ready to sing when you walk in this room. And I've done that and I've said to them, here's some things you can do. Okay? And I've given them some vocal exercises. Um, I drive an hour and 45 minutes. If I drive it on Sunday morning, I tell them and remind them, my last 30 minutes or so before I get to Blue Ridge is I'm vocally warming up. And here's some things I do sitting in the car as I drive. You know, you can do it as you're driving from church home to here, to church. As you're coming in, take your some deep breathing exercises. Make sure that you're getting the diaphragm used. Make sure that that's working. Just start with a buzz. We have, we have supper, and then we have prayer meeting, and then we have... Oh, I do too. I do too. So you don't think that we need to run through a familiar hymn or something? Or? Some people do. I don't. I just don't think I have that kind of time. I, I'm, you know, I've just got an hour and 15 minutes. Uh, sometimes, uh, sometimes uh, before a choir starts, I'll put in a CD, uh, five sometimes. minutes, and be, you'll be surprised that I'll be singing that song. They'll no, be singing I'll, that song. I'll do that and they'll start singing. Yeah, they'll be singing song before a choir starts. There's something we've done before. Yeah. I'm not, not anything we're going to do and do, but yeah. something we've done before that, that they can hum along to, that they know the parts to. They'll be yeah. singing it. They'll be yeah. singing it. That's right. Why are you playing that? We did that too, we? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that kind of gets them in the mood for singing too. Yeah. I guess um, settle a little bit as well. I'm no longer a, a staff member at the convention, but my email address is wsteve.brown at gmail.com. If you have any questions, anything you need help with, please don't hesitate to email me. I would be glad to work with you and assist you in any way I can. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you. Thank you for the joy that we have as we come together every week to lead our choirs and lead our folks in worship. May we never forget it's about you. It's not about us. It's not about our performing. It's about lifting your name in the presence of your people. We give you the praise. For it's your son's name I pray. Amen. Thank you.